When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climber. In September, I went to the 6th Annual Nashville Songwriter Awards, and not only did I get to hear some of the best songs of the year, I also took notes and I have some great takeaways to help you on your songwriting journey. So listen up. Johnny, you know what to do. Welcome to the Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business guys we want you to get ahead this podcast exists because we want you to win if you want to win you're gonna have to have leverage way more than your talent 10 percent talent 90 percent leverage mm-hmm. that's the deal that's why we call it the climb c-l-i-m-b creating leverage in the music business that's a backstrom my good friend and co-host who not surprisingly is a lyricist and a hit songwriter Brent Baxter. Huh. It's got cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He's got number ones in Southern Gospel. He's got top tens on Australian radio. He's got top twenties in Texas radio. He's nationwide, worldwide. He's the man. Huh. But what's important to you is that he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how to write like a pro, by telling you how to do business like a pro. And then when you got all that machinery working, it's time to have some relationships to take it to the next level. He takes care of that too. Gets you right in front of the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular. No S, and there is no S because there is no other johnny d the takeover the takeover it's it's rapidly approaching see the this takeover. is on what what Five when is show, it writer's night takeover that's right is coming up i feel like it's a week away right it is at the time you hear this it is less than a week away this should drop on october 17th it is on the takeover is on october 23rd okay and so it is less than a week away by the time you hear this from 7 to 11 at Live Oak on Demumbrian Hill in Nashville, Tennessee. Van starts at 6 to 7, and then the rounds start from 7 to 11. We got climbing. We got climbers. We got hit songwriters. Yep. We got, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a it's good gonna time. It's going to be good, man. I mean, we got, I mean, we got like major hit songwriters, right? Barrett Paper. Uh-huh. Scott Sean White. We've got Marla Cannon Goodman. We've got Steve Leslie now who's on board. Yes. We've got rising artists like Kaylee Bishop, Chelsea Stalling, David Brainerd, like renowned record producer, songwriter, musician extraordinaire, mm-hmm. produced the Jared Neiman produced the 12 Stories record for Brandy Clark, which is just like next world, next level stuff. He's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. We got my brother-in-law, Matt Klein, who's had several 
cuts by Ray Stevens yeah. and Andy Griggs too, you know, and yeah. other people, but Ray Stevens. So he's got, he's got some new stuff coming out. Yeah. Like I wrote a song with him about a Chinese buffet be coming out soon. He's got a, he's got a new song and video coming out soon about Sasquatch. So he can come on out. Here's some of that too. That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. Meet some good people. Make some relationships, guys. This is going to be what you call a target-rich environment. That's right. You come in, hang out, grab some food, grab a cocktail, listen to some good music, make some new friends, and up your expand your Rolodex. That's right. In Nashville, it's worth the drive. Come in, hang out, spend the night. Okay, come say hi to do us. it, guys. We want to see you. There. That's right. So I love it. Let's. Um, Make sure you follow the podcast. Make sure you tell a friend about it. And we're going to celebrate some wins right now for New Heights. That's right. And our, uh, climb, whoa, we want you to join the climb community. So you can. Also oh, uh, where do you find New Heights? In the climb community. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. And you have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless you look shady. like, and, and I don't mean by how you look. I mean, how does your account look? Like if it's brand new or something weird on it or if it looks like you're trying to sell siding right or if you're a hooker like not gonna happen right but man if, if i can tell you're a musician i can tell you're a songwriter you, you know then you're in right you're gonna go yeah and great community man it's growing this is i mean like well over 1500 musicians indie musicians indie artists singers songwriters indie mm-hmm. songwriter just like you everybody's got everybody else's back, lots of support. And we want to hear about everything. Want to hear about your new gigs, man. Post it in a comment on that post that happens every Thursday. We want to hear about your new music, put your links to your new music video or your, the thing you just released on Spotify in a comment on the Monday post. And then Wednesday, we want to hear about your wins, mm-hmm. man. Like what, the latest win you had, no matter how big or how small. We want to hear about it so we can celebrate you and we read them on the air. So let's talk about this New Heights Wednesday wins. That's right. So this is where the party is. So if you want to make some connections, share your wins, this is one of the posts where you is most active in there. So you can go in there. How do you people give them high fives, all that good stuff. It's good for them. It's good for you. Uh, so a couple of the wins we have this week, because there are too many to list all of them. This is from climber Daniel Kent Peterson. He said, here in Utah, my brother David Kent Peterson, and I just won a local LDSPMA Spark Award for this song. He provides a link to it, which is totally appropriate, and we encourage that. This song is called Face This Down. So it's the official lyric video. So congrats. Daniel and David. We also have climber Tracy Richardson said, I had a bunch of business meetings in Nashville this past week, but the best part was attending the NSAI Songwriter Awards, the topic of today's podcast. So inspiring. Saying it out loud, my goal is to have a song in the 10 songs I wish I'd written list someday. So Tracy, I completely relate to the inspiring part and uh, support your goal of getting one in the 10 I wish I'd written. It's a it's a fun award as a point behind you. <laughs> you might know. Somebody knows. I might know a little something like that. But yeah, so that's great. Unfortunately, the the not win for me from that event is I didn't run into Tracy Richardson. I know she was there, but I didn't lay eyes on her. I didn't see her. We missed each other somehow. So that makes me sad. But I got to see some other climbers out there like Elizabeth Eckerd and Sunday Joe Graham. So that was good. Good. Yeah. So those are some of the wins. So congrats, y'all. Keep on climbing. Good. Well, let's get let's just start talking about the awards show here. What'd you learn? Yeah. So 
NSA, I hosted the Nashville Songwriter Awards, and it was at the Ryman Auditorium, and it was it was an absolute blast. Not only are these events really inspiring, as Tracy said, but they're also educational. So I want to share just some of my takeaways with you, dear climber. My first takeaway is that it is worth the investment. It was to me. And now these events are not free. It's a ticketed event. So, you know, what did I, it's, it's in the three figures, but what did I get for my money? First of all, I got a ton of inspiration. And by the way, NSA is not, uh, not paying me to promote like next year's or anything like that. This is just how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's not a paid advertisement. <laughs> it's an unpaid advertisement just because I had a good time. Uh, so first of all, I got a ton of inspiration from it, man. Hearing those great songs on that amazing stage was just, was awesome. Right. So if you don't leave there inspired, check your freaking pulse. Cause you probably did. <laughs> and, um, it leaves me both inspired and fired up to write more songs. It's funny. I was sitting next to uh, Bridget Tatum mm-hmm. in the rhyme in there. So it just happened to like, that's the tickets fell that way. Right. So we're talking and I kind of joked with her that like, I just might kill my songwriters tomorrow. I'm just might just walk in and explode songwriting all over them. Like I was so fired up yeah. to write something great the next day. And sure enough, the next day it wrote something pretty good. But uh, yeah, so you leave totally inspired, which is worth a lot. You know, we talk on this, on the show, every once in a while about just trying to, you know, we talk a lot about the business, but man, it's important to keep the love and the innocence and just the passion for what you do. And for me, nights like that are, are that just reconnects me like dad gum. I love this. I love this business. I love the people. I love the music. I want to go write some music. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's easy for a guy like me to stay focused because it's, you know, it's, it pays the bills. And so it's what I do, but still to kind of come back to the, just the inspiration of it and love and just kind of reconnect with some of that stuff is super fun and super important. On that note, Mm -hmm. to add to that, I forget where I read this, but it was a, a producer that was telling an artist who was just like, man, I got writer's block. I'm having a hard time. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And the producer said this, he's like, put together a CD Mm -hmm. of, all of your favorite songs, like from when you were a kid that turned you on to wanting to be an artist Mm -hmm. and put that all in one CD and just keep listening to it on repeat. And you're going to remember, it's going to take you back to the root and you're going to remember, like it's going to bring you back to that innocence that you're talking about. Yeah. Back to that place where you're like, this is just what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And it's going to open everything up. And it's kind of like going to that award show is like that, you know, I mean, you see all the stuff, you're around that energy Mm -hmm. that that all those people doing that, making miracles happen. I mean, sat next to Bridget Tatum. Good Lord. She wrote a big number one for Jason Aldean. She's country. Mm -hmm. It's it's just like, you can't help but absorb that like a sponge and get all excited. And no matter what class you're in, no matter what level you're at, That's right. That's right. The other reason I went, and I actually built this Nashville trip around this event. That's why I went in, came into Nashville that week, is like we like to say, it's a target-rich environment. It's I knew I'd run into a lot of friends there. I knew I'd run into a lot of co-writers there, and I did. So I saw folks I haven't seen in person in like a year, you know, Mm -hmm. or a decade. You know, some of those like, oh my gosh, you. Last time we wrote was like. 15, 16 years ago. And last time we saw each other was like 10 years ago. So you get some of that. Uh, So I got to catch up with the old co-writers. I got to howdy at some publishers that I'm talking to and just get to know better. I got to connect with climbers and songwriting pro members. Like I mentioned Sunday Joe and Elizabeth Eckert. And again, sorry, I miss you, Tracy Richardson. Don't let that happen again. (laughs) Plus, 
I just happened to have a seat next, you know, just went in and bought my ticket online, right? So I bought my ticket and I just picked a spot like, okay, there's a spot. And happened to, so I went and I sat down and like two seats over, there were a couple empty seats on the pew. And this guy's like, you a BMG? I'm like, no. I'm like, you? He goes, uh, yeah, I just wonder if this is like a BMG kind of row. Anyway, I just got to talking and he's a Texas artist and songwriter for BMG, staff songwriter, Drew Kennedy. And, and he's super cool. So we just chatted it up. I'm like, oh, I'm a writer. I know BMG, but blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, we Instagrammed each other or whatever. So, you know, we just connected and super cool dude. And so I've gone and listened to his music and stuff. It's really cool. And so there's like a little seed of a connection there that mm-hmm. I need to follow up with, you know, just a good hang. So I'm sitting there and then the show's starting to start, starting to start. And then some people come in. I'm like, oh, okay, going to have somebody sit next to me. And sure enough, Bridget Tatum and Emma Zink. Yeah. <laughs> so, or have this seats right next to me. And which is great because I haven't I seen Bridget. Yeah. I haven't seen Bridget since like literally a year at the National Knights International Songwriters Festival in Unsa, yeah. Denmark. So last time I saw Bridget. And we interviewed him. Yeah, we interviewed him. <laughs> last time I saw Bridget in person was in the airport on the way home. And I don't think I've seen her in person since. So it was like, oh my gosh, hugging next. And of course, same with Emma. I hadn't seen her in a year since uh, since Denmark and we interviewed him and everything last year. So, so I was like, oh, that's a bonus. You know, it's always great to meet new people, but you just never know. And, but it was even better to reconnect with people I already like. And so Bridget and I were just, she sat next to me. So we just chit chatted during the show and played the part of the cranky old man in the balcony at the Muppet show or whatever from time to time <laughs> and, or being, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. That's I'm done now. That kind of stuff. So it was great. It was a good opportunity to make some new relationships, plant some seeds and then to strengthen existing relationships. Yep. So that's just the stuff around a good place to be a good play to be seen. Yeah. And don't think I didn't wear my, my tall boots and my right hat so people could. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm easy to find, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I wear a big white hat. I mean, I mean, it just, it just, being in that environment, right, like is more professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, well worth the money. Right. Because it's like you're running in these people and they're like, oh, you must be serious. Like you're here. Yeah, you're here. Yeah. So it's a different, uh, you go into a different pile, I think, in a situation. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I guess now on to the show itself. So I got my little, uh, little guide here. And so what they do, these, the National Songwriter Awards used to be in conjunction with the Hall of Fame Awards or induction ceremony. They used to do them all together. And now they, they've split them apart. So the Hall of Fame induct National Songwriters Hall of Fame is his own incredible night. Johnny, you and I have been, to one together. The last one I went to was with you and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing, amazing night. Yep. And then you know, this is my second National Songwriter Award. So NSAI hosts this one. And it's also an amazing night. When they split them up, one of the cool things they started doing was, you know, before you had the 10 songs I wish I'd written. And they'd call the names out and you get to go up there and you get your plaque and get picture and all that stuff. And that's super cool. I actually have one of those. So from Monday morning church, like in 2005 or so. That was the first one of those awards I went to was because I was getting one of those. I was like, it blew my doors off. This is an amazing night. Even if I were just in the back row, whatever, it was amazing. But since they have their own show now, what they started doing is having all the 10 songs I wish I'd written performed live by the writers or maybe the artist or some configuration of the two. Nice. Which is amazing. Makes me think like, what would I have done? Well, Brandon, can you? Or no, uh, Emily or Aaron Enderlin would have 
would have sung uh, Monday Morning Church, I'd have been off the hook. Maybe I'd have been in the back playing Shaker or something. I don't know. But uh, Aaron would have handled that. You barely want me near a microphone for this. But uh, anyway, so it, the 10 songs I wish I'd written are voted on by the professional members of NSAI. So like once a year, I get a ballot that's like the long list of songs that have been released that this year in Christian and in country and some pop and stuff, just anything that's kind of Nashville centric, you know, music. Mm -hmm. And then you get a vote on your 10 and you send the ballot back in or whatever. It's all electronic. But then, so it's like, to me, that's like the coolest award, really one of the top awards you can win because like other professional songwriters are listing that as one of the 10 songs they wish they'd written. I'm like, yeah, how cool it's like a, that? it's like fan voted, like it's not fan, fan voted, voted, it's pro voted. It's like your Ear peers, voted, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that's amazing. It's I don't think it's it's one of those that feels like pure. It's not doesn't feel rigged by voting blocks or mm-hmm. maybe not rigged, but you know, just all the politics and vote. It just feels like it's writers going, dang, that's a great song. I wish I'd written that. Yeah. So I I think that's super cool. So these are all like really good songs. Yeah. And so some of the things, should I just tell you what all the 10 were this year? So y'all should I, I'm asking. Up. I want to know. Yeah. All right. Let's start off with that. Then we'll dive into it. Okay. So you have Antihero, Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. You have Wait in the Truck by Hardy and uh, Hardy performed that with Renee Blair. Renee Wilson. Yeah. And um, Lainey Wilson. You have What He Didn't Do by Carly Pierce. Flower Shops by Ernest with Morgan Wallen. You have Thought You Should Know by Morgan Wallen. You have, let's see here, Give Heaven Some Hell, Hardy. You have Human, Cody Johnson. Tennessee Orange by Megan Maroney. You Proof by <laughs> Morgan again. And then you have the song of the year was Heart Like a Truck by Lainey Wilson. So written by Trainee Anderson, Dallas Wilson, and Lainey Wilson. So I did not know that, but Dallas Wilson is Lonnie Wilson's son. Lonnie Wilson's longtime session musician yeah. and, and writer himself. Time. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, gum. That makes you feel old. So those were the 10 songs that I wish I'd written. And of course the one that gets the most votes is the song of the year, which is heart like a truck. You know, so they going through the thing first, they had a, an advocacy award for uh, David Israelite. He's the, he runs the national music publishers in MPA association. So he does a lot of like fighting for songwriter rights in Washington, fighting against like Spotify trying to screw us over and anyone else who's trying to screw us over and not pay us. Like Israelite is a major player and a major advocate for songwriters. So thank you, David Israelite for what you do. So it's cool. Brett Young sang Hallelujah, which is one of Israelite's favorite songs. So that was cool to, to hear Brett Young sing that. But anyway, these 10 songs, one of the things that stood out to me is a variety in these songs, you have like pop, like Antihero, which is a Taylor Swift song. Mm-hmm. You have New Country, so more progressive country, like You Proof by Morgan Wallen. And you have more like old school country, like Flower Shops by Ernest and Morgan Wallen. Mm-hmm. So that was cool that seeing that the writers see value in these different types of songs. And, and I mean, the Hardys, like, you know, Wait in the Truck, that is... A dark story. Dark story, yes. But so good. You know, it's so freaking good. And I like that it's there's variety in there too. Like there's the subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. The subject matter. There's a good variety. You have life songs, which like Antihero, Human, which was written by uh, Tony Lane and Travis Meadows. And Tony got up there and sang. And that's Tony's always cool. You have Give Him Some Hell. 
another hearty thing. So these are like life songs. Yeah. You have family songs. Like I thought you should know the Morgan thing, which by the way, he wrote that with uh, Miranda Lambert and Nicole Galleon. Oh, wow. so I'm like, that's the room I want to be in. Yeah. That's neat room. <laughs> so thought you should know is he has a song to his mama. It's a love song too, but it's a song to his mama and stuff. So you have that kind of slice of it, but mostly it was love and relationships. No surprise there, right? Yeah. Music is mostly love and relationships, but you have this other stuff that comes in there too, which I think is important to realize like, okay, stuff can be more pop. It can be more old school. It can be life songs. It can be family songs. It can be love and relationship songs. It just needs to be freaking awesome. Yep. But it was good to see the variety in that. It wasn't all the same thing. I mean, the most common denominator probably was Morgan Wallen. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, he was on a lot of things, on a lot of stuff. He got three of the, uh, he got thirty percent of the awards. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, and uh, but there's a reason, man. He's killing it. Maybe he's killing it because his stuff is good. Maybe that's why he's killing it because his stuff is good. The, the professional writers go, "That's a good song." And you know what? Those are good songs. Yeah. So if you don't like Morgan, you're Apparently not. You're kind of in the minority of professional writers in Nashville, <laughs> or at least like his music, whatever, you know, it's the song I wish I'd written. So that was interesting. Just the kind of that variety of that going, you know what? If you write great songs, you can get out there. That's cool. Another big takeaway for me was, and this is a tougher pill to swallow. So the first one, the variety of it is encouraging. Second one is a little bit more of a hard pill to swallow, but artist co-writes. Nine of the 10 songs on this list are artist co-writes. So y'all, you need to be active in relationship building, especially with artists. And because man, most of the, I mean, most of the stuff just getting cut in the Nashville world. And I'm sure in the pop world and CCM world and, and all this stuff too is our artist co-writes. Yeah. And so you got to write just a great song. The, the one that wasn't was human recorded by Cody Johnson, written by Tony Lane and Travis Meadows. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, I mean, yeah, if you're going to figure, oh, who on this list probably wrote the outside song, Tony Lane, Travis Meadows. They're both amazing writers. I mean, everyone was Travis there. No, no, he wasn't there. He was uh, on the video. What cool thing they did was they did a little video package before each song, like with the writers telling them the story. And then one or more of the writers would come up and sing it. So that was new. I didn't see that last time I was at this award show. I thought that was super cool too. So they were both there for the video, but apparently Travis, I don't, for whatever reason, wasn't there. So we got Tony Lane, which was awesome too. Oh yeah. But yeah, man, artist co-writes, like start now before your friends are famous. They get a lot harder to get with once the rocket takes off. <laughs> I mean, no joke. It is is not for the faint of heart. And it's difficult. Sometimes even when you, I've had the situation where I wrote with people, but I wasn't like in the rocket, I was hanging on the outside of the rocket, and then maybe they even cut stuff. But then when the gatekeepers came in and everything else, you kind of you can get pushed out sometimes. Yeah. And through no ill will of anybody, I was and I've mentioned this before on the show, but I was belly aching one time to uh, our friend Chris Oglesby when we were out in Utah uh, for the climb conference those years ago, and you're just talking about that kind of situation, how that happens. And he goes, Brent, you know, you just need to remember they're not anti-Brent; they're just pro something else. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's a great way to look at it. And I didn't take it personally. Yeah, I mean, maybe sometimes you're like, well, why am I not good enough? You know, I've had hits and I got a song I wish I'd written a award on the wall. Why are you not letting me write with so-and-so? And they cut the song we wrote. You know, why am I not good enough now? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. They're just, they're looking over their own kingdom. They're trying to grow their own thing. 
whether the gatekeepers going, hey, we want this artist to write with more of our writers in-house because we get more of the income, publishing money, all that stuff, or these are my favorite writers, I want to hook them up, or these are my, but they're not anti-brand. They're not anti-you, whoever you are, unless they know you and you're a jerk. Then they might be anti-you. And those writers are getting booked. I mean, the publishing company is setting up the rights for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like the artist, because usually the artist will be signed to publishing somewhere, and then they're just trying yeah. to fill them up and keep as much of it in-house as possible or on the team as possible. Yep. Hey, it's not, like I said, it's, they're not trying to just screw you over. They're just trying to, they're not anti-you. They're just pro something else. And so you need to be building those artist relationships now. And like I said, starting out before your friends are famous is really the the big thing. And I think we'll do an episode maybe coming up on artist co-writes and young artist co-writes. That's something that is on my mind a lot and I think would be good to pop into. Yeah. So a lot of variety, but man, a lot of artist co-writes, a lot of artist co And another thing it tells me is that it's not enough just to write with an artist. You need to be writing great songs with an artist. I think looking back over my journey in songwriting, first publishing deal, Major Bob, it was just write, 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 write anything, write everything, kind of write with anybody to an extent and just not really targeting. You know, this was the pre really trying to dial in on what's going to work on radio, all this stuff. And I had some success doing that. I mean, and got some cuts. There's still a lot, a lot more outside cuts at that time too, right? Yeah, this, yeah, there are more of them. And so I just write and write and write. And the second pub deal, I was like, I need to be, like I'm starting to dial in more like, I need to be writing, doing more artist rights because that's where things are moving. And getting with who I could get with, that was a bigger name than also like writing with baby artists. But part of what the journey I had to go on was like, not every baby artist is going to grow up. Yep. And I don't write my best songs or their best songs with every baby artist. You know, just because they say they're an artist, after a while, that that's not exciting anymore. And I think most of the world is not that exciting to them anymore now. But back then, it was like a little more like, oh, maybe and maybe they'll get something. And you know, I didn't do the math in my head in a way on on where I should be placing my bets and my investments. So I wrote a lot of mediocre songs with a lot of baby artists that didn't go anywhere. Yep. And so that doesn't mean just because they say they're an artist and they, they say they want a record deal doesn't mean they're going to get one. And just even if they're really talented, doesn't mean they're going to get one. And you start looking for things. And then maybe something we'll talk about in that episode is some things to look for. I mean, I'm still investing in, in I would like to call them rising artists, climbing artists that aren't the deal yet. But like, I see good things there. That's how you're going to get in. I mean, listen, like nobody wanted to write with Taylor Swift (laughs) back when she was 13 and 14 years old Mm -hmm. with this record deal, even though Scott Bruchetta is the label guy and he's got all kinds of connections. Nobody cared except for Liz Rose did. And now she looks like a genius. Liz Rose said, I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, she wasn't Taylor Swift then because – there wasn't already a Taylor Swift for people to go, oh, yeah, that's going to work because she was the first her. There had been young female singers that had done well. You had Leanne Rimes that hit really young. You had Tanya Tucker that hit really young. But it wasn't a thing where people were like, okay, I see this. Let's let's rock this out. Yeah, because the, oh, both of those artists who did hit when they were young also were singing like more grown-up songs. Adult content. Yeah, yeah more grown-up content. And the idea that I don't think that country music was aware that there was a demographic of teenage girls. Yeah. That like country music. Like, I don't think they, 
thought like that. I don't think like, they, there have been a few that kind of did some of that stuff, but no one that ever really took off. Yeah. And she really just created a lane for herself. But mm. if Liz Rose didn't say, you know what, let's give it a shot. And then they found out, oh, this is good because Taylor's a writer. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things Taylor is, a lot of things Taylor isn't, but she is a writer and she was before she got there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's how she kind of got there to begin with was, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, people don't realize she had a huge MySpace following it, like yeah. 12 and 13 years old because of the yeah. stuff she was writing. So it wasn't by accident, you know what I mean? But she took the chance when nobody else would mm-hmm. because they couldn't see yeah. the knee jerk immediate return on the investment. But look at what happened. Yeah. And so be thinking about that. Not that you're going to bat a thousand because nobody does, but think about it. So another big thing that happened was Bobby Braddock, the Bobby Braddock got the, let's see, what award was that? The Chris Christopherson Lifetime Achievement Award. So he was a recipient of that at the award show. So it was really cool. It opened up with uh, Sonia Isaacs and Jimmy Yeary doing a like an acoustic medley of some of Braddock's hits, like D-I-V-O-R-C-E, Golden Rings. Wow. Super cool. I know Jimmy. He's he's awesome. And uh, so that was really, he got to wear one of George Jones' like jackets. Oh, wow. Because he got it from, from you know, George's wife, let him wear it. Uh, and so he got to raid the closet and wear some, wear some of these George and Tammy hits. So super cool. So they opened the show with that. You had, let's see, you had Garth come out and do the uh, kind of the induction or whatever. And so that was awesome. It's always great to see Garth and he didn't sing, but just, he, it's always cool. When he's in the room. Yeah. Tracy Lawrence come out and sing time marches on, which is just, a mm. it got, yeah. yeah, it got uh Bridget Tatum seal of approval. <laughs> I want to talk about me. Toby Keith was there and the man, the room exploded when he walked out. Cause he'd been dealing with health How issues. He looking? He's looking thin. But he was there, and he was singing, and he did it. And, that, and I want to talk about me has a lot of words. So I'm like, okay, as long as you're doing all right, because you got to yeah. have some, you know, to get all that out. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was, everyone was just really happy to see that he was there, you know, because yeah. we'd been hearing about it. And and so that was a big pop when he walked out there. And then uh, Blake Shelton came out and saying he stopped loving her today. So I'm like, come on, Blake Shelton singing he stopped loving her today at the Ryman. Some country music gold right it. there, baby. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So good. And so Bobby got up and gave his acceptance speech and everything. And so a couple of takeaways for this. One thing, just amazing longevity. Bobby's had like a number one hit in like five different decades. Jeez. Like ridiculous, right? He's in crackers. Like, it's ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) So, and Bobby, you know, he wrote he writes a variety of stuff. Like you look at the stuff from like D I V O R C E to he stopped loving her today to like time marches on to, I want to talk about me. I remember when that came out, it's like the guy that wrote, he stopped loving her today. Wrote, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about, I want to talk about number one. Oh my, me, my what? Yep. Same guy, same guy. Right. Yeah. Just mad scientist over there cooking stuff up. And he also wrote People Are Crazy for Billy Carrington. You know, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. That's him. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Of course, that's a Braddock jam. You know, he's had cuts by everybody. So to me, that shows like you don't have to do just kind of one thing. Like, go crazy. Write all kinds of stuff. Write He Stopped Loving Her Today. But then write I Want to Talk About Me. Write People Are Crazy. Yeah. You know, write this stuff. They're, they're just all great for what they are. They're different things. And they're so different. Rhythmically, they're different. Melodically, they're different. Mm-hmm. There's no cookie cutter there. No. It's like, it's so 
it's so unique and and, yeah. and story wise, like it's so different. I mean, people are crazy. That it's a song about that dude getting the inheritance, right? Like, yeah, from, from some rando he's in a bar. Like, it's it's bananas. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, time marches on, and people are crazy, or more just like life story things like time marches on you know, of course takes this long view of this generational thing of decades and he does the way he deserves it up is just brilliant and succinct and the way uh, just it's great then you have a different way of telling story with people are crazy which is much more contained little st- short story mm-hmm. almost an o henry type of twist at the end short story which is just so vivid and so real and then he stopped loving her today which is another story which i'm like how do you come up with he stopped loving her today as a way of saying he finally passed? Yeah. He's dead. He stopped loving her today. Like, oh, today's song title challenge that and go, no, 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 I got it. It wasn't just she cheated and caught her. It wasn't just because the fire went out. No, it's because he died. He l- did love her the rest of his life. Right. So instead of saying he died, we won't say he stopped loving her today. Like, dude, you know, like, so good. That song. It gives me chills. I do. I got goosebumps. Oh, like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. How do you do that? So, you know, my takeaway for that is one, I'll never be Bobby Braddock, but two is just write all kinds of stuff. Just, and that is inspiring to like, write whatever you write, write it great. Yeah. And be kind of fearless and do all kinds of different stuff. I think is really important. Let's see. Tim McGraw won the uh, NSAI president's keystone award, which is really cool. Hum- uh, Lori McKenna, Sang him in with humble and kind, you know, solo acoustic. And that was really cool. It's just a great song. Tim gave a great speech. If you were there, Ashley Gorley won songwriter of the year. Shocker. <laughs> Doesn't it just have like Ashley Gore's face on it now? Didn't they just change the statuette? Yeah. It's like the Ashley just Gorley. Like, here you go, Ashley. <laughs> songwriter of the year award presented to Ashley Gorley by Ashley Gorley. <laughs> so he's probably out there just going, you know, the deal. <laughs> It's just short and city walks out like, thanks. Yeah. But was, okay, here's something that was interesting though, is he said, you know, he's been in town like 20 years or whatever. And he said like this past year was like his biggest year. Wow. I'm like, wow. Talk about no signs of slowing down. Wow. Yeah. So he's really good. The songwriter artist of the year was shocker, Morgan Wallen. (laughs) You can tell by all the songs he had in there. Yeah. So that was, that was all just really cool. Hold on. What did Ashley Goley write this year that came out? So this year, man, it was, what did he write this year that came out? Well, he wrote what he didn't do with Carly Pierce. Let's see here. Looking through the list of the 10 songs I wish I'd written. He wrote, give heaven some hell with Hardy and some other people, of course. And let's see. Those are the only ones that he was a writer on for the 10 songs I wish I'd written, but he just had like a bunch of stuff. He was like, yeah, she had me at heads, Carolina. Tales, California. Uh, you know, he he was on the writer on that. He was a writer on God Gave Me a Girl by Russell Dickerson. So he was on a ton of like singles mm-hmm. and a few that were in the award ceremony that night. Wow. But just like, just keeping at it, man. Just keeping at it. He didn't know anybody when he moved to town. Then got to know people. People got to know him. He knows about the climb. Not for nothing. <laughs> That's right. We need to get him on the show. Ashley, come we on. You need to get him on the show. You're not hard to find. <laughs> so another big takeaway for me was that Per NSAI's motto, it all begins with a song. That's what it takes. If you write great songs and you get them heard, good stuff will happen unless you're a complete a-hole. Yep. And sometimes even in spite of that. 
but you have to respect the song. Like coming to events like this, getting all inspired isn't really going to do you any good if you don't write better and better songs, right? Meeting tons of people at events like this won't do you any good if you don't have really good songs to share with them. So you got to respect the song. You got to respect the craft because it does all begin with a song. I mean, Tim twisted a little bit to say it all begins with a songwriter and I ain't going to argue with Tim on that. But, you know, songwriters write songs and you got to keep working to get better and let people hear your work, show your work. Like back in junior high, show your work. You got to be willing to share that. And if you keep writing songs, keep writing better and better songs, keep challenging yourself to get better and better and better and to keep meeting more and more people, then good stuff is going to happen. It's just going to happen. It may happen different. It's going to be smaller good stuff at the beginning, but hopefully that smaller good stuff leads to better good stuff as you keep getting better. Well, how about this? If your goal is to be a hit songwriter, that's the wrong goal, right? Yeah. Because then you're always going to be like, you're always going to feel like you're failing until you get a hit. Yeah. And it's going to make you sour. It's going to make you bitter. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to get the hit because the way you set the goal up is the wrong goal. Yeah. If your goal is to be a better craftsman, mm -hmm. a better songwriter, mm -hmm. right? Then guess what? You're going to be a hit songwriter by accident. Like that's going to be a byproduct of the right goal because guess what? Today you can be feeling bad about how you're writing your songs and tomorrow you can be like, you know what? I wrote that one better than I did the day before. Yeah. So I'm on my way. I'm making progress mm -hmm. and that, that every, every single day, every single week, you're going to have validation that you're doing the right thing. And that's going to get you closer and closer and closer to the byproduct, which is, you know, a hit. Yeah. It's, I heard, I read a quote the other day and there's a Tim Ferriss book, a uh, tribe of mentors. And it was from, this is like a chess grand champion, but he said to become a grand champion, you must already be a grand champion. Like in the way you do it. Yeah. That's kind of what I talk about being an internal pro and an external pro. Yeah. You know, the external pro is the guy that has the stuff on the wall and he's getting the paycheck. Yeah. Right. He has a pub deal or whatever. So the outward things that you can look point to and go, dude's a pro or that girl's a pro. The internal pro is what you have to become first. And that's when you have the work ethic. You got the chops. Your mindset is right. Your grind is right. Mm -hmm. That's the internal pro. And as a result of becoming an internal pro, you hopefully will eventually become the external pro. But you got to become an internal pro first. So to become a pro, you must already be a pro. But also trust the process. I have a coffee mug in the house that says, well, songwritingpro.com on one side. But the other side, it says, write great songs, build strong relationships. Repeat. Yeah. And that's the process. Write great songs, write the best songs you can, build the strongest relationships you can over a wide network and repeat. Yeah. I have another kind of new mantra that I have on my board across from me. Just remind me winning songs in winning rooms. Yeah. That's it. I want to write winning songs in winning rooms, whatever that song of the day is that can win, whether that's just like, that's amazing. I don't know what to do with it, but man, I love that. That felt so good. Mm-hmm. Winning rooms for different people is going to mean different things. It may mean this is an artist. So if we write a winning song, this artist can take it to major streaming or streaming or radio or whatever, or the, the producer or just somebody that I really enjoy writing with, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So for me, it's like if I just keep writing winning songs in winning rooms, I'll win. Yep. So anyway, those are my takeaways from that. Uh, I thought it was really good stuff. And so if y'all get a chance to go, 
go. It's I think it's going to be on September twenty fourth, maybe next year. Actually, let me look it up because they announced it. Yep, September twenty fourth, or be twenty twenty four. The twenty fourth of twenty four will be the next one. So I'd suggest y'all go if you can and say hi to me. I'll probably be the guy in boots and a right hat. <laughs> Did you happen to see the were the Warren brothers there? No, they weren't there. They were on the video thing, you know, talking to McGraw. Okay, yeah, you know, for his award. But they, at least if they were there, they didn't perform, so I didn't, I didn't see them. Okay, but yeah, they're a hoot. But that's it. Hey, as a way of of helping you, hopefully, write winning songs and winning rooms. I have a free giveaway. It's called Six Simple Ways to Make Your Songs More Commercial. And as my gift to you, you just tell me where to send it. And I send it to you. You can find that at six, the number six, simpleways.songwritingpro.com. So six simpleways.songwritingpro.com. You can also just find it through the website, songwritingpro.com. You just tell me where to send it. We send it to you. It's PDF download and just some of the stuff that I've learned is to help you kind of ring the bell. So that's it for me. Well, Killer Guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. This podcast exists because we want you to win, y'all. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.